Hey everyone, it's Pastor Eddie from River of Life. Just want to say thank you for joining us on our podcast. Now let's get ready to hear a word from the Lord today. What does God want to speak to our hearts today? So come on, open your Bibles, open your hearts, and let's get into the Word. Amen and amen. Amen. Well, hallelujah. Thank you, Pastor Steve. Thank you, uh, everyone. Amen. Yeah, let's give him an awesome hand and our worship team. Um, I, I mean that, and we're going to have an opportunity to pray again. Listen, I, I prepare every service like it's Easter, <laughs> like it's a conference. And uh, this week, as I'm looking at the forecast today, I'm thinking, really? There's going to be some people that either you're not going to show or are going to be wanting to hurry to get out. So, And I got a very important message to talk about here today, something that's going on in our culture uh, with our gender and sexuality issue. And God's really just given me... Uh, a heart to, to minister to this today. And so um, we'll have other nice days, so don't feel bad whenever uh, you miss this. It's not the end of the world. God's going to bless us. He wants to do something in our lives today. But uh, um, well, let me just get right into it. Uh, if you're joining us for the first time or if you're new to the church, we've been in a series uh, called God Owns It All. It's a stewardship series teaching us how to be good stewards of what we have. God is the owner. We are the operator. He's the maker, we manage. He makes it, we manage it. We can't make anything, he's the maker, we manage it. Today is the day that the Lord has You and I can't do it. But the rest of that verse says, I will rejoice and be glad in it. I will manage this day with joy. He has made this day. And so that concept we've been talking about being a good steward of our time, our talents, our treasure, the gospel, and before Easter, I talked about our bodies, which are the temple of the Holy Spirit. You can go back and watch any of these messages on our YouTube channel. But I talked about our body being the temple of the Holy Spirit, and we are to take care of our emotional, physical, and spiritual health. Uh, the Bible says that in John 3, John, I wish above all else that you walk in, in, in health and be prosperous even as your soul prospers. So uh, next week, uh, Melinda and I will be talking about marriage, and we'll be talking about family. Uh, and the next week as we approach Mother's Day and then we're going to shift uh, into the Holy Spirit as we're leading up to Pentecost. So that's the plan. And uh, today I want to talk about sexual identity. Uh, this is, we need to learn, uh, kind of like a part two to the body. Um, and uh, we need to learn to be a good steward of our sexual identity. It's something that our culture is very verbal about, very loud about. Uh, and I believe what, the way we minister at River of Life is when the world is screaming, the church doesn't need to be silent. And part of our job is to equip, I am to equip you. And I equip you with information, I equip you with Bible knowledge, I equip you with confidence and direction from the Holy Spirit to address these issues. I've had conversations over the last five years with people in our church, and now even more that watch right now behind those cameras is another whole church of people. And I've been on the phone and I've been talking with people over, over years, the last five years especially, pertaining to the gender issue and the sexuality. I have grandparents that are trying to raise a grandchild that is confused about their sexuality and everybody else is telling them to do this and do that and they're reaching out and they're asking for help. And many of you in this church uh, struggle in one way or another with your sexuality and stuff. And so uh, it could be a very broad topic. So today I'm just gonna talk about our sexual identity and how to be good stewards of it. But uh, let me recommend two very good books for you today. Uh, one of them is called 
affirming God's image. I've recommended this before. Uh, This really addresses the transgender movement. It goes all the way back to the days of Rome in the ancient world where transgender and cross-dressing was very much part of the culture as well. The parades and everything that we see today, we think it, listen, the Bible says there's nothing new under the sun. Uh, And so some of us are like, oh, this is all new. No, it's not. And the Bible has an answer for it. So the book, Affirming God's Image, written by Alan Branch, does a wonderful job in addressing that topic and subject. And it will be something that will really um, help you. Also, I got one for parents uh, to help teach your children about seven lessons to introduce your child to biblical sexuality, um, written by Luke Gilkerson. Uh, and it's a very easy to understand book. It's, I highly recommend it. It has diagrams and conversation, ways to, to navigate through that. Uh, we as parents should be the first ones that talk about this with our kids. Um, I do want to say in the beginning, I'm not going to go uh, PG or rated R today. I'm going to really just kind of go basic G rated. Uh, so uh, we do have a kids ministry though. That's what it's for. Amen. So, um, but don't worry about uh, any of that. But I do recommend these two books. You get a hold of them and should be able to help navigate through that because uh, you may not know and think your child is, is not old enough, You're, you'd be surprised uh, of what's happening. We kind of know that. So getting right into this today, um, in order to be a good steward, the first point I want you to write down, the first thing is we need to be informed. Uh, a little bit of a different type message today, uh, but this is so important. But I think number one, if we're going to uh, be a good steward about our sexual identity, is number one is to be informed. And I just want to give a shout out to our youth, Brother Kavar, doing a f- uh, fantastic job with our young people, teaching on this topic and talking about it. Yes, amen. So they've been learning about it. And uh, when I, a couple of weeks ago, I was in here and I got the minister to the youth and I was just asking them how many of them know kids in their school that are already talking about sexuality and, and pornography and this. And it's as, as young as 11 years old. 12 years old who are already having these conversations at your school. Uh, it's something that is just, we see everywhere. And when the world is screaming, the church doesn't need to be silent. Uh, so, but the first thing is they need to be informed. So I want to show you what the culture's saying, what science is saying, and what the Bible says about this uh, first point about being informed. Uh, number one, so when we talk about uh, sexual identity, uh, we have moved from having uh, two sexual identities in our culture, male and female. Now there is an acceptance of 72 genders, gender combinations. Uh, That's what we're dealing with today in culture. Transgender movement basically says that gender is now different than sex. This is called gender dysphoria. I'm mentioning this, I will mention this a lot today, gender dysphoria, where no longer are we uh, recognized by our sex, where you are now recognized by how the person feels. Medical news today says that gender is different than sex. Although genetic factors typically define a person's sex, gender refers to how they, they identify inside. And only the person themselves can determine what their gender identity is. This is what we are dealing with today when we talk about sexuality and gender. Culture is teaching nonstop, nonstop. As of today, there are 70 children programs featuring 259 characters that are not typical genders. Most of these programs, my girls watched growing up and many years ago, they were fine and great, but what has happened is over time, they have slowly removed 
the gender characteristics that would identify them as male or female so you're left without knowing who they are. This is just a simple, subtle attempt and some of these programs are such as Blue's Clues, My Little Pony, Clifford the Big Red Dog, and on and on and on. Toy makers are getting in on it as well. We all know about Mr. Potato Head. Hasbro has decided to drop Mr. from Potato Head and just call it Potato Head. Um, so toys are getting involved with this. Music, I don't have time to go into all of, the, all of the artists that are really, I would say they're the loudest right now. Miley Cyrus says, I don't, realize, I don't relate to being boy or girl, and I don't have to have my partner relate to being a boy or girl. This is ex what culture is saying today, and it's making it even more difficult now that the politicians and legislation is getting involved, politically being facilitated by creating laws such as in Oregon right now, in the state of Oregon and in the United States of America, a 15-year-old can medically transition without the per parent's consent. In Scotland, there are, you can be, four-year-olds in Scotland, four-year-olds are allowed to identify as opposite sex and can change their names without parental consent. So reading that article is just fascinating how the children can, they call it a safe space to go to kindergarten. These are kindergartens. And they can now, when they get there, identify as another names. And there are parents obviously outraged about it, but it is what is happening. Educators are encouraged in some states here in America to take kids on a gender exploration journey. And they can do this without the consent of parents. I just want to stop and say that we need to pray for our teachers and educators. Uh, we've got several here in our church. My daughter is a teacher uh, and it is just, you imagine, uh, teachers are usually people that go into that field because they were inspired by a teacher or they want to make a difference and they love what they do to be able to impact children and to have this come across from their th handed down by authority that they got to participate in this is putting them in a very difficult situation. So we need to be praying for our educators and for our teachers in Jesus' name. Apple iPhone. I got an Apple iPhone this the other day. I did the, have you done the upgrade lately? If you do the upgrade, I was asking Melinda, I said, what is the upgrade? You know, what does this mean? And, oh, it's emojis. We looked into it. Yeah, they're emojis all right. Uh, they are gender neutral uh, emojis, uh, boys and girls and with the heart and, and this whole gender dysphoria is being translated as far as having a pregnant man emoji. In your phone there. So this is just, these are all just uh, attempts to push an agenda uh, is what I'm trying to get to today. And I don't want to be like an alarmist. I don't want to sound like an alarmist. You know, I'm just simply pulling back the curtain today, letting us see what we're dealing with in, in culture. This is why we need the power of the Holy Spirit more than just a church patty cake, 45 minute couple song. We need to be able to walk in step with the Holy Spirit to be able to change culture as the early church did. So, uh, but this is being promoted like crazy in our culture. Media has promoted gender dysphoria so much so in the last 10 years. This is huge. And this uh, uh, affects adults, young adults, but especially children, young people who is now Generation Z. That's our younger kids that are coming up right now, especially uh, with young females. The Travis Stock Center in London, UK, treated 17 females with gender dysphoria in 2009. 2019, they treated 1,740. This is a 5,000% increase. 
So what is, that's what culture is saying, and I'm not going to go any further with that. What does science say? You'd be surprised. Science says this. In humans and in most animals and plants, an organism's biological sex corresponds to one of two distinct types of reproductive anatomy. In humans, reproductive, re- reproductive anatomy is unambiguously male or female at birth 99.98% of the time. No third types of sex cells exist in humans. This is the science. And there is no sex spectrum or additional sexes beyond male and female. This is Wall Street Journal. Colin Wright, evolutionary biologist, Penn State, developmental biologist at University of Manchester. So what does the Bible say about sexual identity? This is, exact, this is what the Bible says about it. In Genesis 1.26, The Bible says that God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sea, or the sky, the the livestock, wild animals of the earth. Verse 27, so God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. What did Jesus say about it? Many people say, yeah, that's Old Testament uh, and there's actually people that say Jesus did not mention it at all, and so therefore they're trying to condone it within the church itself, and they can't be uh, no more wrong. Jesus did address it when he was in the discussion about marriage in Matthew 19. I love it. When they ask him about marriage, he simply says, have you not read the scriptures? <laughs> Haven't you read your Bible? That's what Jesus is saying. It's almost the best way to handle any one of these hot topics is simply say, what does the Bible say? And Jesus looks at the group and he says, have you not read the scriptures that from the beginning God made them male and female? He said this and explains why a man leaves his father and his mother and is joined be united and he goes right on. In other words, God created only two genders and that both genders reflect the nature of God, by the way. Male and female, we both have attributes and our genders that reflect the nature of God. Just the two, uniquely and independently. And that is something that we need. This is something that is being attacked. And this is what I mean by not seeing, I don't want to be an alarmist, but to bring it into the spiritual because we live in a more spiritual world than people realize that there is an agenda. And what this does is it chips away at the very fabric of society because it chips away at human beings being only the only creation created in the image of God. There is an enemy and he's out there to confuse and ultimately destroy us and our identity. Why? So we don't know who we are, we don't know where we're going, and we don't know why we are here. So if anyone is struggling in or confused about your identity, you need to know this. Scripture says that God is not the author of confusion. He is not the author of confusion. This thing does not come from God. It is not God's will for you to be confused because he is not the author of confusion. So a couple things you need to know. Number one, that culture is lying to us. That culture is lying to us. You also need to know that God does not condemn people. God does not condemn people, but he does condemn behaviors and sinful practices. And we are all sinners, we are all broken. There there is a sin nature in all of us, I should say it like that. We are all broken. 
and God does, he does not um, approve of those as well. The good news is, is that Jesus came to heal our brokenness. Let me say that again. Jesus has come to heal our brokenness of all kinds, all kinds of brokenness. He has come to heal. And if anyone is struggling in that area, also you need to know that God does love you. God loves you. I love you. River of Life loves you. You are welcome to church. You are welcome to come here. You are welcome to know about God. You are not shunned. You are not condemned. God loves you and he has a plan for your life. But I also must say that we, it is also that we can love you and still not affirm your decisions. Just like God loves me and he does not affirm my disobedience if I dis- when I disobey. So the question then becomes, if a person is struggling with their sexual identity, what determines who they are? This is the big question. If someone is struggling with who they feel they are and their biological sex, then what's the answer? What's the answer, Pastor Eddie? What's the answer? What do I do, Pastor Eddie, when I have a son or a daughter, grandson, a person in my family who was born a male but feels like they should be a female or both or this or that? Well, the the answer is simple. The Bible says what determines that is their biological sex. Science says it's their biological sex. But culture says it's how you feel. This is about being informed. This is what I'm telling you today. So let me tell you what culture does not tell us. Let me show you what you will not see in the movies. You will not see in the cartoons. You will not see any commercials for this. You will not hear any of the top singers talk about this in the lyrics to their number one hits. You will not hear this at all from the media, movies, or music. These are the three ways that culture dictates and sets the culture in a country through media, through music, and through movies. The three M's, never forget that. That's exactly how culture is set in a country, through movies, through media, and through music. God sets the culture of the kingdom of God through his word. So this is what the culture does not tell you and tell us. Walt Heyer has been struggling with gender dysphoria since early age, since he was four years old. And at the age of 42, he underwent gender reassignment surgery. And for eight years, he lived as a trans female named Laura. During that time, he was still unhappy and he attempted suicide. He has since transitioned back and gave himself to studying gender dysphoria. These are his findings done by secular universities in the nation. 20% who undergo gender reassignment surgery regret it. 41%, 41% attempt suicide. 50% have depressive symptoms. 90% have significant psychopathology. 90%, that is simply uh, unresolved trauma or abuse that's led to the decision. Here's the point. Transitioning will move you further away from who you are, not move you closer to who you are. So how do we be good stewards? That was number one, that was to be informed. And number two and three are a lot shorter as we 
go into this. And number two is to be involved. Number one is to be informed. Number two is to be involved. How do we, how do we be good stewards of our sexual identity and how do we combat this uh, in our culture and in our, in our families? Number two, you be involved. You be involved in conversations like this because I know you, everyone here either works or knows someone that is struggling with this issue right here. I didn't give you the stats of, of since the last 10 years it has jumped. I just gave you that one from Scotland, how it's 5,000% higher than it was 11 years ago, but it is everywhere. We need to be engaged in these conversations and have these table talks, sitting down and talking with, with people uh, through these conversations. If we're, if we're parents, we definitely need to be involved with this with our kids, mom and dad, and many of you are, but let me just say this. We gotta pay attention to what is being, they are being entertained with. You got to as a parent, listen, as a parent, you do not have to respect the internet use of your child. Let me say that. Many of you are right there with me. Yes, amen, pastor. But that is the term today is we need to respect. Listen, I'm all for giving respect for children, letting them find their way through it. But children cannot decide what gender they are. This is why God gave us parents. Come on, son. It's a different day than when I was raised. This was not even a conversation. This was not even a message my dad would ever have preached 15 years ago. This is part of the new normal. And, this, and, it's, and where does God say it needs to start? It starts at the house of God. And these are messages that I don't look forward to, and, but I do know that the impact of what these are and the, and the voice that I'm saying right now and, and the spirit and the scripture, it can equip and can really make a change. And that's what I'm excited about. We need to look, about, look at our friends that our kids are hanging out with in, in internet use. Parents, if your kids are deleting their history, you need to take away their internet use. It's just simple things like that. Uh, be involved. And you've got to be a dictator. In fact, when my girls were teens and young, young teens, that's really where this really hits and, and all of that, you gotta, we have to learn to lean into our kids and talk to them. When my girls were little, it was in the morning or on the way home from school. My one daughter would talk all the way from school, Summit Academy, to the front door of the house. And I loved every minute of it. But when they get teenagers, don't wake them up in the morning. You will, you will face the wrath. But at some, when my girls were teenagers, it was 11 o'clock at night. And 11 o'clock at night, whether I had to get up at 3.30 in the morning or not, my girls wanted to talk about this stuff. We'd get up and we'd have to talk. Parents, we've got to be involved with this. But a big one is, is their friends. And I know this can be, come across as being, you know, well, oh, it's very offensive. And this, and I was saying this the other night. We are so careful to not offend everyone but God. We are so careful not to offend anyone except for the body of Christ. We can take the holy name of God and Jesus Christ who we just celebrated and the whole world just celebrated. We can abuse that wonderful name 50 times in a movie and use God's last name as it being damn and, and it'll pack out every time. But you'll never see the name Muhammad accompanied with that name. You'll never see Buddha made fun of. You'll never say, say anything negative at all about self-spirituality being used in a negative way in movies. Otherwise, But the other way around, it's promoted and it's looked upon is the new way to find freedom. Why? Because we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers of darkness. 
I'm trying to pull the curtain back today to say you that there is a person back there that's pulling the strings to everything we see. That's pulling the strings to the movies and the media. I love movies. That's one of my escapes. I love to go to the movies and just get lost in there. And everyone chew with your mouth closed, please, when you go to the movies just for all of us. But I set boundaries and standards in my name, in my movies and in what I entertain myself with. Because in my body, I am the temple of the Holy Spirit. And I will not be entertained by someone who takes the name of Jesus, who set me free from drugs and alcohol as a filth word. And, and I don't mean to be like that guy. Okay, you got to find that out. Don't do it because I say, you gotta, your, your salvation has to be worked out with you, fear and trembling. But I'm just trying to pull back the curtain for a minute and, and let you realize that you'll never hear Muhammad's name like that. If, if Hollywood do it, they'd burn Hollywood down. The Ayatollah has already said that. There's a riot that just happened last week in one of the countries of the world because someone took a, one Quran and burned it. Fact check me, please. Look it up and Google it. Someone burned one Quran and it, it's ignited a riot in a country. I don't forget what country it is. Think about what we're living. Is, is, is this just religion? You know, is there really a God or a devil? Can't you see? Yes, there is. The fact that we're talking about this is trying to tell us that there is a spiritual element to it. This is why it's so important about our kids' friends and stuff. This is an article written by a professor published by a study by Brown University, but it has been suppressed by the LGBT community. You will not hear this. And this is what the professor from Brown says. He said, rapid onset gender dysphoria among teens and young adults may be a social contagion linked with having friends who identify as LGBTQ in identity politics, peer culture, and an increase in internet use. In other words, he's saying, we never had this problem as much as it is today, and a lot of it is because of the friends that people hang around with, the internet use, and the culture that is going on in America. They said, take that article off. Bye. Another one you'll never hear is this, done by the same university, by, by development, Developmental Biologist University of Manchester, uh, Colin Wright, and he says, the large majority of gender dysphoric youths eventually outgrow their feelings of dysphoria during puberty. So affirmation therapies that insist a child's cross-sex identity should never be questioned, or puberty-blocking drugs advertised as a way for children to buy time to sort out their identities only solidify feelings of dysphoria, setting them on a pathway to more invasive medical interventions and permanent infertility. This behavior extremely worrying and regressive. Why? What is the most beautiful thing and meaning, deep, meaningful thing that we can do as human beings that will glorify God? is to procreate, to bring another human being into this earth and train them up in the way that they should know God. Everything I've said up to this point goes against that very thing, what I just said. Why? Because you are made in the image of God. God loves us, but we have someone that hates us. Jesus said it like this, you have an enemy. And he's got, in his mission statement, is to steal, kill, and destroy. So we need to be the ones to be, in, to be involved. Another way to be involved is be the first to talk to our kids about sex. And let me say, you don't have to tell them everything you know. 
when they're six years old. Let me just tell you something, Johnny, because that's not what I'm saying. Please don't do that. But most of us, if you were like me, I was told wrong information by a wrong person the wrong way. And we need to stay ahead of this is all I'm saying. This is how we stay ahead of it. It starts with being informed. Secondly, it, 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 begin, it continues with being involved. This is how you be a good steward of our sexual identity. You be, you be involved with how it is. And there's many different ways to raise children, by the way. And to pro, if you cannot procreate, there's adoption. May is Foster Care Awareness Month. And um, we believe in that. We support it 100%. You can be a mentor, grandfather, uh, uncle. I, I can't tell you how important. That's why we have gender-specific ministries here at the church every Wednesday night. And I know we're tired Wednesday night. I know that. When I first brought my girls into Royal Rangers, I'll never forget it. My, one of my daughters had a friend at school and she was bad news and we knew she was bad news. And so we had this conversation with her that we don't think that they need to be hanging around. And this is the conversation every parent needs to have. And it's simply like this. Listen, we're going this way, honey, and they're going that way. Listen, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And, and, and we broke it down that there's some things we see and so and so. And I know she seems to be fun and hang around with the man. You know, and, and, we, and we talked about it. And I remember she gave my daughter a necklace. It was the best friend necklace where you keep one and your best friend keeps the other. And I remember we were like, no, take, you know, had, take it back. I was, I was like, there was a part of me like, oh, dictator, you know, and all. But there was another side of me. I knew what, I, what we were doing was right. And, and our daughter didn't like it at first. And we had that conversation. And. And uh, we started going to, it was called Missionettes in those days, Girls Wednesday Night. And I remember so clearly, it was about a month later, uh, the same daughter came to me and she said she met her a best friend on Wednesday night. They become best friends. And look, she wants to give me a necklace that has the best friends on it and she keeps the other one. And I said, honey, let me show you. This is a teachable moment. And I said, let me show you what happened. I said, there was a little, remember when you wanted to hang out with so-and-so, who now, by the way, then moved out of the neighborhood? And uh, by the way, about six years later, she came up pregnant and was just, uh, just uh, going down the wrong road. We didn't give up on her. We actually went for her and brought her to Wednesday night. So you don't give up on people. But the point I was trying to make was that lesson was learned in my daughter. Whatever we give up for the Lord, God always replaces it. Amen. Do you realize that? It's not a, a take. God isn't a takeaway God. He's an upgrade God. Did you catch? Please catch that today. Whatever we give up for God, it's not that we're giving up so we can walk around. Look how holy I am. God is an upgrade kind of God, and he'll do that with our children as well. And lastly, I just wanted to end with this right here, and then we're going to pray. Is that what we need to do is be informed, be involved, but to invite God into our struggles. Please, this is, this is so important. This is where we see transformation taking place. I've given you some science, I've given you some facts, and you can make a series out of this topic, but I think there's enough there for the person that wants to overcome and win in your struggle. There's two men in the Bible, they're two young boys that were introduced to them in Genesis chapter uh, 25, they're twin brothers, Jacob and Esau. And the Bible says as these two boys grew in Genesis 25, 27, Lord showed me this a while back. You've probably never seen it in this context, but look at what happened. The Bible says, as the boys grew, Esau was a skillful hunter and a man of the field, but Jacob was a mild man dwelling in tents. And Isaac loved Esau, the dad loved Esau, but 
and because he ate of the game. But Rebekah loved Jacob. Esau was a man's man. He was an outdoors man. He was a hunter. He was rugged. He played with trucks. Jacob was a mild man. And in the Hebrew, it means he was a more feminine type man. He was a mama's boy. He hung out in the tents and he liked to cook. Today, imagine what culture would say to him. But have you ever realized that both of these boys, or Jacob, excuse me, Jacob had an identity problem and struggled with his identity his entire life? Jacob's name means trickster, prankster, deceiver. His whole life, he even lived up to that name. And you don't get what happens to him until you get around... 32, chapter 32 of Genesis, I'll just paraphrase to you what happens. The Bible says, when Jacob was alone, please hear me today. When Jacob was alone, he struggled his whole life with what he was called. He was called a deceiver. He was called a trickster. He was called a prankster. And he did not like that. But all of his life, he was that way. He wanted to be more like his brother. Let me just say this. Sometimes we do more damage by forcing children to be a mold into a stereotype. I know boys play with trucks and girls play with dolls. But let me just say this. That's a stereotype. That doesn't always have to be the rule of thumb. And sometimes we've done more damage in forcing our children to get into these stereotypes. And so what society does is because the Q and LGBTQ, by the way, do you know what the Q stands for? It stands for questioning. In other words, that group and organization saying, if you're even questioning your generation or your genea or your, your sexuality, you're part of us and we want to help you. This should be the church's mission that says, if you are even questioning anything about your identity, let me help you. Think about that. A cue. If you question. How many's ever questioned? Everybody. And kids are trying to work their way through this and figure life out. But we're throwing these labels on them. And sometimes when we say, oh, you're a female and you like contact sports, you don't like dolls. So you must be this. And that voice begins to come. Oh, and that boy, we're trying to force him to play with trucks. And I'm just simply, I don't have time to address all of these issues. But sometimes we put so much pressure on our kids and then these labels begin to come. Remember when we had Janet Boynes here who said all of her life because she liked basketball, her own family was saying she must be gay. So right around 12 years old, she had a best friend that was a female. And since she was gay, the friend was starting to explore. And they ended up getting into it where she lived an 18-year life as a lesbian. And she talks about her journey and now God has set her free from that struggle and she's now a best author, writer and got books out. We've had her at our church. She's now heterosexual. She's always been that way and she, is, she, she says it like this, God helped fix my brokenness. But it was all started because of these stereotypes that we try to put on people. And I'm just telling you today, stop it. That's not the way God wants us to raise our children. That's exactly what happened to Jacob and Esau. Jacob didn't shoot no bow, but the Bible says when he was all by himself... When he was all by himself, he got away from the names and the voices. And this is how you overcome any struggle, church, is you got to get by yourself to who you really are. And when he got alone to who he really was and he came before God and he said, God, the Bible says he met a man. He did not know it, but it was an angel in the form of a man. And this man came to Jacob and got engaged into a fight with him. Jacob wasn't a fighter. That was Esau. He's slinging Jacob up all over the place, throwing him around over here. But Jacob hung in there. 
And the Bible says that Jacob grabbed a hold of that angel, which represents a struggle. He invited God into his struggle. He invited God into his life. He said, I don't want to be known as what the society has labeled me. I don't want to be a deceiver. I don't want to be the way that I feel myself going. I want to be what the way you want me to be, God. Hear me. This is exactly what happened. And the angel said, what is your name? Go say it to me. Be honest with me of how you feel. Be honest with me about your struggles. Be honest with me about the labels that mom and dad or uncle so-and-so put on you. And he said, my name is Jacob. I'm a deceiver. I'm a prankster. I don't want to be that way, but I feel like I need to be that way because the society has labeled me that way. But he said, I want you, God. I want you into my life. And I'm not letting go until you bless me, until you change me. It's in your Bible. And there's where we lose the fight. Because some of us can't put two hours, two days together, two weeks of Sunday attendance together, two days of Bible reading together. We can't go, that's our big problem, isn't it? It's consistency with God. But God is saying, hang on to me. And the whole story of Jacob uh, prevailing is that he hung on to God. And that's what I need to tell everybody here that's struggling with anything. Whether it is sexual identity or man, your struggle is this or that. You got a habit, you got a bad thing that you know you need to be let go of, but you keep struggling with that. This is how you overcome it, is you hold on to God with it. You invite God into that struggle. And they wrestle, the Bible says, all night, which could be a dark season of wrestling all night with that thing. And the angel looked at him and said, okay, season's time to be over. The sun is starting to come up. Let me tell those of you that are struggling, the sun's getting ready to come up. The sun's getting ready to come up over your struggle. The sun's getting ready to come up over your struggle. The sun's getting ready to come up over your struggle. There is an expiration date to your storm. There is an expiration date to your trial. There is an expedition, expedition date, expiration date to your struggle and your confusion and your battle. It won't be like that forever, but you got to stay a hold of God. And the angel looked down at Jacob and said, from this day forward. He said, from this day forward, you're not going to be known as the deceiver no more. You're not going to be known as, as the prankster no more. And the one that, that is behaving the way you're named. One time his brother got uh, tricked by him out of his birthright. And he says, he's been named the right name. Truly, he's a deceiver. I mean, he's had that kind of a reputation his whole life. And now God says, from this day forward, from this day forward, your name shall be changed from Jacob to Israel. Israel, which means the prince of God. That's right. The modern day country and nation of the world, Israel. We got the flag out front. Coming real soon. That nation of Israel's forefather was a person who struggled with his identity. Just imagine what God has in store for you and for I if we can overcome the struggle. From this day forward, you will be known. Don't let nobody call you Jacob. Because he's named Jacob by a couple of people, and that's another whole story for another whole time. He says, don't let nobody call you Jacob no more. Don't let nobody call you that. But let me give you this. The Bible says he did walk with a limp. He did walk with a limp. The rest of his life, he had to, he'd walk 
with that. And I'm, not, I'm telling you, this is the lesson in that. Just because God sets you free and because God makes you a new creation don't mean you're not going to have those desires. You're not going to have those temptations. You're not going to have those things that you've got to wrestle on the inside of you. That's something Jacob always wrestled, but he kept walking with God the rest of his life. Jesus. Jesus. What do you want to do, Holy Spirit? What do you want to do, Holy Spirit? What do you want to do, Holy Spirit? Hallelujah, Jesus. We thank you for your presence, Lord. And we just invite you right now into our struggle. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Wherever you're watching this and whatever day you're watching this, those online, I'm praying that you invite God into your struggle right now. But today, right now in this building, those of you in this building, you invite God into that struggle right now. Whatever it may be, whatever it may be, it may have nothing to do with sexual identity, but you've got some struggles going on inside of you right now. You need to get the spirit of Jacob. That's why that story's left in the Bible. That's exactly why God said, I'm leaving this one in here. I'm leaving this one in here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Or oh, bow your heads right now with me. If you're in this place today, you say, Pastor Eddie, I got some struggles going on and I need God to help me. Why don't you just lift your hand right now? Lift your hand, amen, amen, amen. If you're in this place, you say, Pastor Eddie, I need to accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I'll lift my hand today. If you need to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior today, anyone here that needs that, hallelujah, you can lift your hand. Hallelujah. Okay, you can put him down. I want you all to stand with me right now. I'm gonna pray over our parents. I'm gonna pray over our teachers. And then those of you that lifted your hand, that you're praying, that, you're, that you need some help with your struggles. I don't want you to leave here today without you get some help and get some prayer today. So Father, I just pray over your church right now. The dads, the moms, the grandparents, the aunts, the uncles, the teachers, the educators right now that are getting wrapped up in this culture. What's going on and what's being said, Father. So much confusion and pain and hurts going on. I pray, God, that, Lord, you would just let the words of your word today go forth into the deep, into the hearts of your listeners today, Father. And that you will water it and you will give the increase in the name of Jesus. The rest of you that lifted your hand, I want to ask the altar team to come up. Why don't you come up? We're going to sing one more song. I want you to come and get some prayer today. Struggling with anything today. Listen, invite Jesus into that struggle. Come on. Come on. Come up here and get some prayer today. Is there any Jacobs in the house today that would say, come on, pray for me today. I got a struggle of this. I got a struggle going on with this. Struggling with doubt, unbelief. It can be anything. You need to come and get prayer today. You need to come and get some prayer today. Today is the day that you can get set free. In the name of Jesus, those of you online, I want you to participate the best way you can. This is for you as well. We'll pray for you that today would be the end of your struggle. As Jacob's morning came, and the end came for him. In Jesus' name. 
Well, amen and amen. I pray that message was a blessing to you, that you received some sort of encouragement or word of instruction from the Lord. That's our prayer at River of Life, that every time you tune in, that God speaks directly to your heart. Well, this is Pastor Eddie again. Just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast and remind you that every Tuesday, a new message is uploaded. Also, if you want to watch one of our services, head over to our YouTube channel. It's River of Life Church, a church of his presence, his promises, and all people. And you can watch one of our services that way as well. So God bless you. I pray God's presence be with you uh, for the rest of the week. Amen.